the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. In this recording, we look at how faith combats fear using Moses' parents as an example. The main reading is Psalm 34. Amen. And we're on our faith journey through Hebrews 11, and we're up to verse 23 today. This is the verse we've got today. Uh, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because he, they saw that he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Not afraid of the king's edict. And uh, tonight really is about fear and what that does to us. And of course, uh, ultimately, again, faith, right through this chapter, if you underline the, the times you will see, uh, see or sight or how you see things, you'll find uh, faith affects all that. Uh, right back to the beginning, um, foundation will be seeing the Lord. Uh, and uh, what have I got here? Um, not yet seen. Uh, Moses, Noah, uh, he believed, but he wasn't yet seen, but he saw it in his heart. Promises not yet seen, they saw, and if you look there, you underline them and you see faith is what we uh, teaches us to see differently. And here's uh, Moses' parents, and of course, they've just had a baby, not their first, um, and of course, with the first, everything is different, isn't it? Um, you, you, you pack your bag like four weeks in advance, and uh, everything is, you know, you, you, you're all ready, and uh, you do everything by the book. Um, um, second one, I mean, some of you got three, four, five, and by the time the fifth one comes, right, get on with you, feed yourself, like, isn't it? Uh, uh, but, they, but this was not the first, but they knew he wasn't an ordinary child. Ordinary child. They saw differently. And of course, when we look at our kids, we think, oh, lovely. and when they look at a baby, especially ladies, oh, and he lovely. I think it was just a baby as men, don't we? Just a baby. But it was, it was far more than that, wasn't it? Um, it was far more. They, they saw that, uh, and we'll just read it, um, they were seeing with the, with the eyes of faith. Remember the promises of God. Uh, we, we read of uh, that the, the parents were godly parents. We're, we're trying to, but let's look at the, the, the promises of God. This is the first promise of God, which is um, instructing their faith, and then obviously how they saw things. Uh, Genesis 15. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, and the river of Egypt, and to the great river, the river Euphrates. There's the promise. <coughs> Did you hear it? It was the fourth generation. He said, the fourth generation, you will be delivered. Now, parents, uh, Moses' parents knew this was the fourth generation. They were looking for their, looking for their redeemer, the one who was going to get him out and, and take him into the promised land. Um, Josephus, uh, the, uh, wrote, uh, 
Jewish historian says this. See what he says. Amram, father Moses, prayed. And he had a vision of Moses' life. And he trusted in the faithfulness of the words to Abraham. So that was the first thing that was instructing his faith. The word of the Lord. Um, now that's interesting because now he's looking with faith. A baby's a baby, isn't it? When he's your baby, or she's your baby, oh, the loveliest thing in the world. But it was something more, wasn't it? Because the Bible says that the mother um, saw that he was not just a beautiful child. Well, of course, all our children we think are beautiful, but it was far more. Something, uh, no ordinary child. City, um, uh, something that is different. Something is excellent. Something that is good. Something is a, 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 of, of a note. Um, uh, something of faith. And uh, we all want our kids to... Uh, grow up and be something, don't we? But there was something here. The Lord had put his hand upon Moses. Um, but the problem was, the problem was, now, Pharaoh had said, any baby boys, you've got to kill him. You've got to kill him. And obviously, the, 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 the principle was, they used to throw him in the Nile, isn't it? By the look of things. That, that's what happened. They, you know, there's one, way, one easy way, as if there's any other easy way of killing kids. Um, that's how they did it. I always note, someone said many years ago, I remember listening to someone at ministering, um, that at, at key times in history, um, infanticide, isn't it? Abortion, we call it now. Infanticide has taken place here in Moses' time, where obviously the devil didn't want a deliverer for the Jewish people, did he? So he instituted killing all the kids. When was the next time? Jesus. Jesus. And they said, right, we don't want the Messiah. So the devil uh, got hold of Herod and said, right, let's kill all the children to so make sure that this Messiah is gone. Mm. Isn't it interesting that now in the last, well, since 1967 in our country, we've killed children. Um, I wonder if the second coming is on, our, on, on the mid. Key times in history, key times in history, those things have taken place. And um, so that's what that was happening. So uh, they saw he was an ordinary child, but then over, over, hang, hanging over them with his edict. Let's read it. Uh, Exodus 2, uh, Exodus 1. No, Exodus 2, 1 to 10, sorry. Exodus 2, 1 to 10. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were there walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. And she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. <coughs> then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I love, I love the Lord because he, he is, isn't it amazing how uh, he said, 
sister was there, said, I can find a, a woman. And the mother nursed him and got paid family allowance. What about that? Before family allowance was about then. And he said, I'll pay you to look after your own child. Bless the Lord for that, isn't it? Um, God is good. God is awesome. And uh, interesting that he, he used um, a lady. And of course, you ladies, when you, especially if you're, if you're mothers, there's, there's something within you when you hear a baby cry. They, not always, <laughs> not the middle of the night, maybe. But uh, there's, there's that motherly compassion, isn't it? And he used, the Lord used that uh, for this princess to say, oh, and she, uh, and God, of course, then God uh, moved in, in, into the situation. Um, so pending disaster causes or imminent disaster causes an urgency, a clarity of thought, a clarity of priority, uh, a pleading with God like never before. And thankfully we see that in God's word and thankfully we can see that. Um, I just put this one in because it's one of my favorite verses um, that I've prayed many times. Um, two, two Chronicles 20, 2 Chronicles 20, 12 to 13. Oh, oh God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their children, but with their children, sorry, their wives and their children. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. See, that's the, 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 the place where they were. Parents of this child, they thought this is no ordinary child. This is the this is the one that has been prophesied that's going to lead us out. No fourth generation. We're looking. They are praying. They're believing. But now, what, what this pending? What are we going to do? We don't know what to do. Lord, but our eyes on you. Uh, they they saved him for three months. They protected him. But of course, as uh, uh, and then children, they they're noisy. They get bigger. Uh, and and they was pro what are we going to do? What are we going to put it in the hands of the Lord? Lord, we don't know what to do. Well, let's put it on the Nile. In, in bulrushes, in, in, a, in a bulrush boat, if you like, um, and we'll, we'll give him into your hands. That's a great place to be. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Give people into the Lord's hands sometimes, isn't it? Especially our families, we we got children and uh, grandchildren, and goodness knows how many people in our family don't know the Lord. So we've just got to give them to the Lord, haven't we? Lord, we put them in your hands. We've given over to you. Lord, help us. But pending disaster brings clarity, but also a choice. Now a choice uh, to, to see, to see differently. Now how are they going to see? Are they going to see the circumstances, the edict, or are they going to uh, look for the, for the word of the Lord? Uh, they knew this baby was some, something different. How are they going to see it? And see, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we can see people uh, with a wrong slant, can we? Because we all know people, and we think, oh, they're rough. They're, you know, and they really rub, rub us up the wrong way sometimes. Uh, but... Again, we talked about seeing people with the Lord's eyes, and that's amazing, isn't it? Um, let's read a, a verse that underlines that. Psalm 139. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am faithfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and my soul knoweth what I My substance was not hid from me. Mm. When I was made in secret and curiously, wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes to see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book all thy members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, while as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the something! 
If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with me. Yeah. <coughs> they saw it. <coughs> this was no ordinary son. wasn't a baby son. It was God's servant. And uh, we must never forget God's handy print is on every man, woman, boy, and girl. Mm. And uh, sometimes we think they've gone too far, and we just talked a little bit about Paul on Sunday night, didn't we? So far from God, getting worse and worse and worse he was. And uh, his family were praying for him. The church was thinking, oh, Lord, um, I wonder what they were praying. Lord, save him. But maybe some had even prayed, Lord, take him out. Yeah, let's be honest. He was he was causing havoc among the church. There were people being killed. He was he, he was gloating. He was he was he was he was a violent man. He says himself, "All right, I'm a blasphemer, persecutor. I was a violent man." He said, "Terrible, no compassion in him." Uh, but Lord, in a moment, in a moment, the Lord hit him off his horse, saved him. Bless the Lord. So we see differently. This was an ordinary baby son. Now they were seeing through God's word, God's prophetic word. And we need to begin to see like that sometimes. Even ourselves, we begin to see ourselves. We're no ordinary people. We are God's people. We're God's servant. We, we, we can be answers to prayer. That's fantastic. Sometimes we are praying for something. We're the answers to those prayers so often. Um, Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not of yourself, it is a gift from God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepares in advance for us to do. There we are. So, Psalm 139, who we are. God's workmanship. God's handiwork. Ephesians 2, well, that's good, but what are we to do? This is why we're here, to do his good works which he already prepared in advance for us. So we know who we are, we know why we're here. But now if Philippians says, now come on, that makes some priorities, makes some change of thinking, change of attitude. Our ways can't be like what they used to be, can't live like the world anymore. Why? Because we're his. And a new ownership, got a new master. Uh, Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Amazing verses, really. Uh, God is at work in us, so we had a work of our salvation with fear and trembling. Amazing, because God is at work in us. Again, our verses do everything we're grumbling or complaining. Lord, help us. Um, and Paul, again, he said, I'm, I'm being poured out. I've given my life to this. Why? Because this is real. This is what I'm here for. This is what I was created for. So th this underpinned uh, Moses' parents' thinking. They were looking at their son through the word of the Lord, through the prophetic word, that he was not an ordinary child, 
No, there was something, a mark and a stamp of the Lord upon him to do a work for the Lord. But now, because they, they were seeing differently, they had to act differently. And uh, here's the problem. The edict came. And fear. Now, fear is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy that will stop us from uh, being who we can be. And we'll look at some stories now. Fear. But the Bible, thankfully, faith. What do, they, what do we say? Fear came knocking at the door. Faith answered. And there was no one there. Sadly, so often we allow fear in through the front door and say, have a seat. Take, take, take your seat. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. Fear will hamper and hinder and uh, destroy, take, rob you of your joy, your hope, your peace of mind, your potential. Um, uh, but fear of man especially but the why we need fear as we saw on Sunday morning fear of the Lord uh, William Gurnall said we fear man so much because we fear God so little and that's true because when we see God who he is there's nothing nothing doesn't matter if it's edict from edict from the uh, from the ruler here's a, here's a verse we know very well uh, Psalm, uh, Proverbs 29 25 Fear man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man is a snare, a device for tempting, enticing, and then capturing, obviously killing. But those who trust in the Lord will be saved, will be set on high. Fear of man, fear of man. And uh, we see time after time, um, people who did not listen to the Lord, look to what people thought and didn't fulfill it potentially. Let's look at some uh, examples of that. John 12. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in it. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise of God. They wouldn't live out their beliefs. Why? Because they were fear, fearful. They're fearful for their future. And uh, that's a real, uh, that can impinge on every area of life. Impinge on what we do with our time. Oh, if I had a bit more time, I would. But I need to invest in this time because of this. No, no, no. See, time for him. That's the most important. Money. Oh, Dave, if I had a bit more money, I would give more. Um, uh, and, and that stops us from fear, fear of that. No, no, no. We can't, I can't afford it. As someone said, we can't afford not to do it. And many of us have proved God in this area very clearly. Um, uh, we've, had, we've been in our overdraft and more sometimes, um, but we kept giving, kept giving from what the Lord has prompted us to give. Um, some say a tenth, absolutely at least a tenth, and if not more, the Lord, everything we have. But what happens is the Lord blesses. He's got a bigger shovel than us, isn't he? But fear will stop us. Oh, but no, faith. Faith overcomes fear. Um, what about our potential in God? Numbers 14, 8 to 9. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which groweth with love and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, 
their defence is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Our potential, the promise of God, can be hindered, can be stopped. Why? Fear. Um, where did that fear come from? It came from what, who they were listening to. You go back, there's, there's Numbers 14, but just at the end of, of uh, chapter 13, the 12 had gone in, all came back, all said this is a wonderful land. Now, they were all in agreement there because they were carrying fruit between two poles. I mean, it was amazing. It was a, a land with milk and honey. Uh, but, of course, um, their sight without faith influenced their decision. And the Bible said they, sp- they spread a bad report, an exaggerated report. The devil loves to exaggerate right from the beginning, didn't he? Oh, he didn't say, he said, you mustn't touch it. And, and all these things, he said, ah, oh, you will not, you'll not die. And, and he exaggerates or minifies God's consequences, of course. And the Bible says they believe the, the lie. But the, obviously, Caleb and Joshua, don't fear. Can't you remember what, what the Lord did to Egypt? See, he was, he was calling on what the Lord had done the promises the fulfillment the protection he's done what he's done in the past yet they believed and fear stopped them fulfilling their potential I wonder how many people have listened to the wrong advice the wrong uh, haven't listened to what God's word or or, want, or or were afraid of what people thought what they'd say about them not fulfill their potential not stood up and said yeah, I'm the Lord's yeah when I was young I'm sure I did that many times are you go to shoot? You mumbled, didn't you? Mumbled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Lord, you know, as we come on. Yes, yeah, I go. Come on as well. Come on as well. Come on down. Uh, so fear, their potential. Not just, uh, but it paralyzes us. Paralyzes us. Um, 1 Samuel 17. A champion named Goliath was from Gath. Came out of the Philistine camp, he was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his leg, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will be our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine words, Saul and all Israelites were dismayed and terrified. One man, because he was a bit big, he was pretty big, with a fearsome reputation, <coughs> paralyzed a whole nation. Paralyzed them so much so they ran away. They forgot who they were, they forgot their identity, they forgot their calling. They were the children of the living God. It took a teenage boy to bring them back to their senses. Come on, he said. Do you remember who we are? Whose we are? Again, it goes back to how they saw themselves. 
Moses' parents were looking, viewing through God's word, God's promises. They saw he was an ordinary child. They were waiting, expecting, praying for a redeemer. And here he was. Now, fear could have said, well, look, it's a real shame. This, this baby boy, we, we think there's something about him, but the edict has come. We've got to listen. We've got to listen. But the Bible said they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid of the king's edict. And that, by faith, they stopped. But here they are, uh, paralyzed. Uh, running away, terrified. Why? Because they saw not by faith, they saw by sight. Saw by sight. Um, I, I always put this one in because this is one of my favourite stories. It does make me chuckle. And I love God because uh, he, he does sometimes make us uh, just just bask in his prayer how awesome God is, really. Uh, 2 Kings 6, 2 Kings 6. Nonetheless, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very word you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out to Uli the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire mm. all around Elisha. How we see. Open eyes. Lord, open his eyes. Lord, open our eyes so we see with your eye of faith. We see what's really going on, not what we think is going on. See, remember, the Bible is very clear to us, isn't it? Our fight is not against flesh and blood, it's against the principalities. So when we see things going on, it is time we rise up in faith and say, Lord, it's time to move in power. Shreen of a, a young teacher, family, he wouldn't call um, uh, a girl, boy, boy, girl, yeah. either or, uh, he, he, and he's lost his job. <coughs> not, not just lost his job, they've, they've banned him from teaching. I'm thinking, are we gone absolutely nuts? Are we gone crazy? Um, uh, but that's something happening in the heavenlies, isn't it? We see it worked out here and we think, it's ridiculous. Common sense has gone out of the window. But that's, uh, we open our eyes, Lord. Why, why we are, I'm afraid. Why are you afraid, he said? Because there's an army. Lord, open his eyes. See your army. <coughs> And that's, that's what we need to begin to see with the Lord's vision, with the Lord's eyes, by faith. That's what Moses' parents, they did not fear. Why? Because they see, saw he was an ordinary child and they knew it was God's hand was upon him and God would work it out. God would work it out. They didn't know. They didn't know what was going to happen. But sometimes, as we said, those difficulties, pending disaster, gives us urgency, sobriety, clarity, priority. Oh, help us, Lord. So faith can so often hinder us and blind us to who the Lord is. We, we talked about the disciples in the boat. They were afraid. Why are they afraid? Jesus was with them. And Jesus stands up, rebukes, charges the waves. And they, what did they say? Who's this? Their fear 
was from not knowing who he was, not know, having faith in who he really was. The Bible says of them, they left him, they ran away. Why? They were afraid. Uh, it was a little bit more fear for them because, again, they, they, they might have been killed, but their fear, not knowing who he was. Uh, they said of John Knox, one of the great old preachers from Scotland, uh, one who never feared the face of man. He did, they did kill him eventually, as we talked about Latimer the other day when he was preaching for the, uh, Henry VIII. He thought he'd give him a nice little sermon, and the Lord laid a word in his heart. And uh, of course, when he began to preach, we said, didn't he, he had that dialogue in his mind. Latimer, remember who you're preaching to? The king can take your head off. And in those days, they could. And then the other side of his thing, Latimer, remember who you're preaching for? Who are you made? Hey, no who you're preaching to, who are you preaching for? Because one day you're going to stand before him and you, you, you just give the word of the Lord. Talking about John Knox. I think it was Mary, Queen of Scots, who said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than an army of a thousand men. Because when he prayed, he touched the heart of God. <laughs> and that moves nations, doesn't it? Moves <coughs> nations. All that we would see without fear. Um, if you remember, we, we talked about fear back when COVID started, I suppose. And we used that um, anagram, or no, it wasn't anagram, but it was... Um, uh, that word that we, we use in Welsh, sorry Lydia, Welsh, uh, top. Um, but uh, many of us are top, I know, when we fear, top, T-W-P, didn't we? T-W-P, that's how you spell top. Trust is word and prayer. That's the antidote for fear. That's the antidote for fear. Um, Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Yeah, my trust is in the Lord. I'm trusting in him. What can man do to me? Psalm 27, full, isn't it? Full. We just read it. I prayed to the Lord. I sought the Lord. Psalm 3, and he delivered me from all my fears. <coughs> it's an interesting word, that fears. It means, means much more than that. It means deliver me from things that are holding me as well. Uh, of this world but that's a different different topic but um, Psalm 27 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear what can man do to me Jesus said this he said now you must fear but don't fear that those who can kill the body you fear him you you stand in awe of the one who can kill the body and confine your soul to hell fear him don't you fear man he said don't you fear man what could, what's the best they can do to you take your life Particularly, and what's that to us? Now, again, because we've rooted here, we think, oh, that's terrible. But no, 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 we're going home, aren't we? We're going home. Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them, those who contend with you. Those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Mm. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel will help you. But I will help you, says the Lord, 
and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Fear not, I am with you. Joshua, do not be afraid, I've told you. Be bold, be strong. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Moses is gone. Now he was he was on he was in unknown territory because every everywhere he done every decision he made Moses was there Moses was giving direction uh, but now Moses is gone don't be afraid I'm here I haven't left you I'm I'm still with you don't be afraid I'm with you um, two Timothy one spirit of God has gone to give us a spirit of fear but of love power sound mind um, Hebrews thirteen. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Of course, we take that again, but remember the verses around, it brings purity, but also brings peace. The next verse, verse 6, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Um, one of the, the things that will happen in the last days, the Bible says, fear will arise. So much so, Luke 21 says, uh, their, their hearts will faint through fear because of what's coming on the nations. Um, that means, actually, literally what it means, it means to breathe out life. And, and we've talked about this before, about um, the heart, you can actually be scared to death. They've looked at um, uh, one, one um, study, uh, they looked at 15 assault victims, and uh, 11 of them um, uh, passed away, or 15 assault victims who died, 11 of them should not have died because their, their wounds weren't life-threatening. But when they looked at their heart, their fibres and the lesions of their heart uh, had atrophied, had, had torn. Back in 91, remember the, um, the uh, Gulf War, uh, they, was, they were going to put um, rockets into Israel from Iraq. And uh, they'd given everyone a gas mask because they thought, well, he's going to send chemical weapons down. And, and they'd given everyone uh, injections, uh, vials of atropine. Um, so fear had gone up. And they said it, within those first few days when they started sending missiles over, more people died then than any other time. But it wasn't through, through the missiles. It was through fear and worry about what would happen. not amazing? Um, so that was, that's going to happen in the last days, fear. And, and, and the more you listen, if you listen to the news, DME, you've got this happening, that happening, uh, the earth's burning up, and then we got this and we got that, and oh, glory. No, people will, but not, not us. Why? Because our hope is not in this world, is it? But this is not our home. So fear is not ours. Um, and thankfully, the Bible is very clear. Fear not, he said, didn't he? Fear not. So many times in the word, right? We looked at the fear nots of the um, the Christmas story. Fear not. Mary, don't be afraid. Fear not. Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And uh, the shepherds, the most afraid, because they thought they were going to be consumed, because the Lord had turned up, do not be afraid. Uh, you should be consumed, but there's a saviour born today that will save you. Hallelujah. Um, this is uh, one verse, I love this verse, or these, this, this particular um, uh, story, Luke 8, 48, 50. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he asked, boy, Mr. Lewis, sorry. And he said to her, daughter, be a good cheer. Your faith has made you well. 
Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. It's amazing the Lord left it, well, more than the last minute, he left it till she died, where there was no hope, there was nowhere else to go, and uh, those words spoke right into his heart. Don't be afraid. Keep on believing. Keep on believing. Fear is countered by faith in what? God's promises, God's provision, God's presence. Hallelujah. Uh, someone said this, I am inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. These are not my native air, but in faith and confidence, I breathe freely. These, is, these are my native air. Um, John Hopkins University doctor says, we do not know why it is that worriers die sooner than non-worriers, but this is a fact. But I am a simple of mind, think I know. We inwardly are constructed in nerve, tissue, brain, cell, and soul for faith and not fear. God has made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. Hallelujah. Moses' parents saw, saw that the word of the Lord was being fulfilled. And uh, fear did not stop them fulfilling their potential. Their potential was to look after their child, to make sure that he would grow up and be who he should be. That's all we can do as parents, pray for our kids, show our kids. We can't save them, we wish we could. We show them, we pray over them, we pray with them. But Lord, that's our, then that's what we need to do and show them the faith, show them faith in action. And bless the Lord when they did, Moses fulfilled his potential. And we'll see Moses, what Moses did, maybe not next week, week after. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.